Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Hello. Hi. I just want to take a moment in my soothing voice. <laughs> I can't even do it. To give a shout out to the In Soccer We Trust YouTube family. Your like and subscribes keep us going, as does our special guest for today's show, U.S. Men's National Team center back Eric Palmer Brown. So get your questions ready for him. We have a lot to talk about. Yes. So what is up, everyone? And welcome to Bruce Arena's favorite podcast in soccer we trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside not only two of my longtime teammates, but also my longtime friends. I'm getting sappy here. Charlie Davies and Heath Pierce. And because this is how we roll, we have yet another amazing guest joining us this week on the show. It's U.S. Men's National Team center back Eric Palmer Brown, whose stock just shot straight up. Not only because of Miles Robinson tearing his Achilles, meaning there's a starting spot open the U.S. Men's National Team back line, but also because he just got named as his club in France's Trois Player of the Month, which is significant because this was the biggest month of their season as they held off being relegated, which really speaks to how well he played. But first, Chuck, coming to you, how excited are you to have Eric on the show? I'm pumped. I haven't heard him talk about his story and his career path, and he, he's one of the few Americans who – are kind of under the radar, but playing in Europe in, in a really difficult league, a tough league. So uh, I'm excited to hear uh, about his his ups and downs and, and where where he thinks he is within his his um, potential. All right. And Heath, what are yeah. you saying? I mean, we got, I, we got another I, defender. On, on, on this yeah, show. Timmy, that's what I was going to say. I'm just interested to see how 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 Charlie tries to find anything in common with Eric, knowing that you know we've got a defender on the show, and he's going he's going about life story because he's got nothing else to talk about. You know, the tactics, or you know, Charlie wants to get into the goal and things like that. So yeah, I'm, 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 this I'm will always come back to the number nine. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it'll be a fun conversation, man. It, it's you know we talk about timing a lot uh, in the national team, and you can't really plan timing. And the opportunities that come, and 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 for him, I'm interested to get into just sort of the fact that he's now emerged at, at a time that we actually were talking about it being too late for anybody to sort of step out and 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 make an impact. But now you've got an injury there. His performances have been great at club level. He's played well with the national team, and now you just start a whole another conversation about what this could potentially be for him. So I'm excited to talk about it. All right, well, let's bring him on the show. We got a tail of the tape standing six foot one inches tall, <laughs> 194 pounds of muscle, growing up in Lee's Summit, Missouri. When at the age of 16, he signed a pro contract with Sporting Kansas City before making a loan move to Porto in 2016. 
then signing with Manchester City, where he's been loaned out to teams in Belgium, Holland, Austria, and now France to gain that much-needed experience, which is necessary for any defender to grow and evolve. And he's done so well, he's on the cusp of making the 2022 World Cup team for the U.S. men's national team. It's 25-year-old Eric Palmer <laughs> What's up, Eric? How are you doing, How's my friend? Going? Long time no see. Long time. It's been a minute. I got a... I feel bad. My background's not as cool as your guys'. Is. Like, I just got, you know how it is living in Europe. I got nothing hanging up in these apartments. <laughs> yeah, you, like, you, you know, you know, because they're going to hit you with that that repainting fee if you paint those walls that exactly, color. You know, you exactly. Leave <laughs> you leave everything. So, no, so Eric, good, let's, let's get into your backstory a little bit because I don't know if people knew that you grew up in Kansas City or near Kansas City, played for Sporting Kansas City, and then. Only after 20 games of playing with SKC, you made the decision to go play in Europe. And we have obviously a big conversation about that, about our younger players making that jump. What inspired you to do it? Yeah, I, I would say the biggest thing for me is I always dreamed of playing in Europe. I think I grew up watching TV, like we're watching Premier League games, uh, waking up early, catching the Chelsea games. My favorite player was Didier Drogba growing up. So like nice. I was just... Number nine. Big Chelsea fan. <laughs> yeah, <there we> <laughs> he, he is a number nine. <laughs> and I just always dreamed of playing in, uh, in Europe because of that. I think uh, England was always my goal. But then as I grew up and got more acquainted with the other leagues and um, seeing how big football or soccer is in Europe, like that was the driving force of getting overseas and just trying to reach that next level. Eric, you know, when you first started your career, you you were hyped as 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 a young player and now you you're 25 and the it Getting doesn't old. fit it doesn't fit <laughs> well, it, it's still you still got plenty of time obviously, you know. If this was Charlie, I'd be like, you know, a little little bit on the old end for a striker. You got to start scoring some goals, but you're a defender so you got some legs left in you. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's it, it doesn't fit the mold of what's sexy right now in the national team, right? Which is overly young. We want all about the future. But now you found yourself yeah. in a really good uh, position at the club level, really good position with the national team. What has it been like for you over these last sort of couple of years trying to find your, your, your the right club for you, trying to get sort of the attention of the national team? And now you find yourself on, on the cusp of, of doing something that I'm sure you probably dreamed of your whole life. I mean, what's that journey been like for you up to this point? Yeah, it's been, it's been crazy because I would say a lot of the driving force – of also moving overseas uh, to Jimmy's last question was like what the national team at the time was Jurgen Klinsmann. And he was saying, I want all my talent kind of like overseas, like saying that stuff. So that was another like driving force of getting me to Europe and hopefully getting me a look to be in the national team. So um, just being on this journey, like journey, like being on loan from team to team is it's really difficult. Um, moving from country to country, you kind of like, you got to learn the language. You got to learn like the culture. You got to learn the new style. You got to move like apartments, find like, I like every time I move, I'm like in a hotel for a month and just like not settled at all. And it's always really difficult um, for me to just like get settled. Like I always just want to like be in my own space, like be able to have a car to get around the town and stuff like that. So it's been, it's been kind of like a crazy up and down ride where like, at the beginning, like I always find find it hard to find my feet and get those matches, get those games and get acclimated. But I kind of adjust and adapt over time. So I would say that's been the hardest part of the journey. But like the most rewarding part has been 
also that side of it, like being able to see new cultures, being able to get to learn new languages and well, kind of like get, pick up some new languages. <laughs> Not, I wouldn't say learn, but uh, pick up some new languages and, you know, um, get this experience because I didn't go to like, I mean, I signed with Manchester city, but I was on loan and I didn't go to like the sexiest club right away. Like just kind of like was on loan in core trick. And I, I think I got like nine games there in the playoffs uh, like the second playoff. And then after that, I went to Holland and I think played 19 games in Nac Breda. And that was towards the end of the season. We got relegated. And then finally I got like a two year loan stretch at Austria Vienna. And I mean, we, we weren't a champions league team like Salzburg, who's always in the champions league or first place. We were kind of like mid table. So we were fighting and it was just kind of one of those loan moves that really solidified me like as a defender I was working with Julian Lescott like from Man City's loan team and I think that really helped me we would sit down watch video and he kind of broke it down in his eyes and I think that really helped me um, grow a lot as a defender and those two years also of being stable at a club and not having to like pick up and move and just know where I'm, I'm like I'm going back to a certain place just really helped me um just be confident and just be settled for once. I feel like so that don't, was kind of don't get don't get rattled with with Heath telling you you're on the older side. You just turned <laughs> you just turned 25. He makes it seem no, like no. I said I said the sexy <laughs> thing right now is like you know a uh, Josh Wolf's son makes his debut no, uh, for Austin. Not, He's 17. People go team. you know we go crazy. But like but I'm saying not not with the national team. But in when when Walker Zimmerman came back in, people were talking about like wow, it's kind of just a weird emergence because you have these two years where Greg was sort of grooming his guys and and you were on the outside looking in obviously a player you've been capped at, your first cap was what 2018 right wasn't it around uh yeah, yeah. so a while around, ago yeah. there's, there's a gap there so that's what yeah, I'm saying Charlie yeah. don't come well, at that, me bro I punch no, back this is a defender show this is a defender <laughs> show yeah. Um, yeah. but but you you touched on it in terms of getting that consistency I know what Liga is is like. It's a crazy league, athletic, and yeah. I feel like it's it's underrated. It, I don't even still don't think it gets enough credit c- considering what PSG is. Um, but talk to me about your growth this season because you, where do you go from here? You're playing in a very competitive league. You're, you're a standout. You're getting 90 minutes cons- consistently, and you're doing doing a damn good job. So. What, how have you kind of built off of what you've been able to do so far and, and what's next? Yeah, I mean, what's next is, I think, kind of a difficult question because, like, obviously you want the next steps to be always going up. And I think for me right now, like you said, Lyon is just such a difficult league. You know, week in, week out, you're playing good competition, like young, athletic, forwards, defenders all over the place. I think the French team's going to be set for, like, I don't even know how long to come. It's unbelievable how like you'll see like a 19 year old start like center back starting at Lyon. And it's just like, this is crazy, but it's for me getting those consistent minutes and like being here in Tois, I think is probably the best option for me to stay and with the same coach, get those minutes still playing in Lyon. Um, I'm not really looking for a move or anything at this, at this moment. Like I just want to be in the best position possible for me to get into that national team and be playing games. Now, Eric, I'm going to jump in really quick and and say what I find as a silver lining for you to, I guess, with all these loan moves, going to different clubs every single season or, or just having a two-year stint somewhere, is I feel like you got to quickly adapt to – 
tactics to personalities within the locker room to a whole bunch of different things. And I actually think that sets up really well when you join a national team who you're not around a lot. You might know the guys and you might have played some youth national team, but you're still not around them on a regular basis. And I really feel like that could position you really well to, to adapt to different asks that Greg Berhalter and the coaching staff or some of your teammates might be asking you to do. Now, there's a lot I want to ask you about, and but I kind of want to get here with with regard to Miles Robinson. That that news breaks. Obviously, he's he's probably a friend of yours. But when he tears his Achilles, it, I think it brings everything into focus. I, I feel like I don't know. You can a, you can answer us or answer this as to how you reacted. But for me, if I were you or any of the other center, I'd be like, oh shit, this has got this got real. Like this is a real possibility now for me to be heavily uh, influential in the team. What were your thoughts on that? And and uh, and you've already talked about the adaptability, but I think that really suits you well for the men's national team. Yeah. Well, I mean, first for me, like you said, I'm a friend of Miles, and like I woke up in the morning, kind of like with the the news on my phone, like my friends messaging me, like I think my friends said that like before anything, like oh, this is a real chance for you, and I was just like, it, that's not really what I was worried about at the time because I, right. I felt so bad for Miles, like I had to reach out to him and. You guys know how it was for Miles. He was killing it. He was doing well with the national team. He just earned his spot from the um, Gold Cup in the summer and stuff like that. And he killed it in qualifying for us. So first off, just reached out to him. But it's like you said, like injuries happen. And those are the times that now, yeah, like there is an opportunity there. And one of us has to go grab it. One of us has to take that opportunity. And that's the thing. It's it's not going to just be given to us. This is we're we're going to the World Cup. Um, we got a couple games. I think we only have what, this summer camp coming up and then mm-hmm, September mm-hmm. before going to the going to the World Cup. So Greg's got some decisions to make, and I think it's going to be a tough one. But at the end of the day, like it's it's up for grabs, like you said, and that that's kind of the mentality it is. You'll be you in just there. You got to go for it's it. Gonna be, <laughs> you're yeah. going to be in there. You're going to make his life difficult. Yeah. We already know, Eric. We yeah. already know. Yeah. Eric, yeah. Eric, let me let me ask you this, uh, you know, uh, shifting a little bit away with your your loan moves and the career that you've been on, uh, trajectory you've been on. Uh, just talk a little bit about uh, life in some of these smaller towns, right? I think uh, when you when you're in the US, it's very easy you know, to talk about like, you know, people go, I don't want to go to, I don't want to go to Columbus or, you know, obviously KC is an unbelievable city, but if you're somebody who's in yeah. Europe, you go, I want to go to New York. I want to go to LA. I want to go to Miami. Talk about what it's like playing for a team where you're in a small town, uh, kind of your social life, the difficulties of that, the fact that like you're, you're famous the moment you get there because you're in a small town, kind of just kind of illuminate sort of that world a little bit, just so for people that don't maybe don't know that. Yeah, I don't know if you guys can hear it in the background, but I just went like yesterday to buy and like portable air conditioning unit because like in Europe, in these smaller cities, you know, like when it gets hot out and like as an American, I'm just used to like in Kansas City, humid summers, like always having air conditioning. Oh, my gosh, I was dying. The other day. I just woke <laughs> up sweating. So I had to go buy. But like it's just different. Those little things that you like are like accustomed to kind of thing. Um it's just not the same. Like, uh, obviously language barrier is tough. Like when I moved to France, I, I didn't know any French. Um, and I'm still learning. Uh, and we just, is most of your team in France, uh, domestic players. Cause you know, in some of the yeah. bigger clubs, you obviously English is more prevalent cause you have more yeah. international players, but I'm assuming it's mostly yeah. French. It's mostly French, but I would say a majority of them kind of can like speak English and stuff like that. And like when I came, they spoke a little bit, but it, 
when you move like to these clubs too in Europe, what I'll say is like in America when I was 16 and kind of like signed with sport in Kansas city, like they really accepted me into the club, like right away, like here in Europe, you have to fight for that. Right. Like they don't just let you come in, take their job. Like the captain here was the center back. And I don't think he spoke a word to me until like mid season until like his job was kind of on the line. So it was just kind of like, it's one of those things when you move to like a smaller city, like, yeah, it's smaller. You kind of become like people notice you out in the streets and stuff like that. And it's nice because it's really easy to get around. It's really small, but like, it's, it's definitely a different lifestyle where they're just used to like being in these like smaller areas and no air conditioning, you know, no like ice for your drinks and stuff like that. I just like notice the little things for some reason, but, uh, it, it, it's been good. Like Paris is like two hours away. So I can take a train up to Paris, which is really nice. Um, and I've had some friends over for a little bit, but it's, it is different. I, I like to chill. I, I sit in home, like sit at home and I'll game with my friends or just watch soccer or anything that's on. That's like a sports. It's so I'm, I'm straight I, reminiscing with you. Hey, I know you both, I know you my, both went out and ordered, ordered a Coke before and it came and it was about three ounces and you're like, <laughs> it was, can, I, can, I, can I get another please? The tiny towns in, in France. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, great food great little restaurants hole in the walls and you get used to like your one or two restaurants exactly you, you i go got two yeah i got two same um <laughs> i, I want to talk about some of the players that you have to face you finally go to park the prince and you play paris saint germain you see mbappe up close you actually took him down for a penalty you yeah. see messi up close what's it like to defend some of these players you're i mean i'm guessing this is your first time having to defend an mbappe and a messi and and some of these players who else have, has impressed you throughout the league and, and what have you noticed about um these these type of attackers when you're defending them yeah man so actually in my like 2018 um stint with the national team we played france before they went to the world cup so i got on the field for like the last 25 30 minutes and Mbappe was in then, but we were just defending that whole time. So there was there was parts of this game where <laughs> <laughs> there were parts of this game where we we kind of had possession. They were kind of like on vacation, you know, like they've already clinched the league. They're out of Champions League. They they were out of the cup. So this was for them, I think, kind of like staying fit and just like because you could tell there was like a little like a little laziness in the game, but at the same time, it was still a game for us. And you know, like when the French players are playing against Paris Saint-Germain, when everyone's playing against these big clubs, like, it's like, oh, we got to step it up a level. So playing these guys was, it was, it was surreal. You know, you see them, you're like watching them. See, my friends are texting me before the game, like, oh, get his jersey. I hope you don't get like nutmegged or anything. Like, <laughs> I hope you get like, not like, no, they didn't say, I hope you don't get nutmegged. They were hoping that I got nutmegged or something. I got like clipped. They're like, they would send me the Jerome Boateng clip and be like, you just don't let uh, Oh, no. Uh, this is, this <laughs> is, this is mental warfare right here. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's just, it's it's one of those moments that you just pinch yourself because like after the game like getting the draw getting the result like it was just so exciting but there's so many good like attacking players in this league I mean going up against Ben Yedder like his movement was again my oh man like it was one of those things you're just like dude stop stop moving around like you don't have this all the time with forwards to making your life like really difficult but it's when you're going up against those players you can realize like okay that's why they're they're at the top so 
Now, Eric, you, 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 you ended it uh, this season, but there was part of your adventure that you were supposed to go to Venezia and Serie A. And you all also had a link to Serie A earlier when you were a younger player. Juventus had come into Sporting Kansas City and said they'd pay a million-dollar transfer fee for you right away. Sporting, uh, actually, surprisingly, in my humble opinion, decided to turn that down um, but, but uh, held on to you for a little bit longer. And then you left for free, which is hilarious. But uh, we can talk about that later. But you had a chance to go back to Serie A Venezia. But Busio's there. Tanner Testman is there. That would have been a good experience yeah. as well. Obviously, one of the top five leagues in Europe. But uh, you ended up at Trois. Tell us a little bit about what happened with Venezia. Yeah, no. So after the season finished, like in the summer, I went back to par- like pack up my apartment in Austria, got on the train, headed to Venice, did my medical, did everything, was like getting ready to sign the contract. And before, like, we went to sign the contract, we were out to have a bite to eat and we get a call and they're like, like, Eric's got something wrong with his heart. Like, we can't sign him. And like, this was the summer where like Christian Erickson went down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was, it was super serious. And I I was like shook. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I feel fine. Like I was just super excited to like sign in Venice. There was a couple other Americans there. Um, like I knew Busio was coming at the time. So it was just kind of one of those things that like, okay, like, can we go get this checked out? Like, and after like sign the contract and they're like, no, if, uh, something like this pops up, we can't sign them for a whole year or something like that. And I was just like shook. I was like, no way. Like it all just fell through like that. So like went back to Manchester, did some testing and everything was fine, which thank God. But at the end of the day, did all that testing and then the transfer window was getting ready to close and not many options were popping up. So city was like, well, we got this team in France. Like we'll loan you, we'll loan you there. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, well, it wasn't like, all right, cool. Like I was kind of <laughs> like, I was like, okay, you're pawning me off that kind of thing. But they were like, no, they really are looking for a center back. And, you know, I get there and things didn't turn out kind of like they said, it was just, the coach was like, we didn't want you guys. Like there was a couple mm-hmm. other city players that went there. He's like, we didn't want you guys. Like, we wanted different players. We wanted French guys, like this and that, which was, like, it's good that the coach was honest because usually sometimes the coach will, like, drag you along, like, oh, no, like, you're doing this thing. Like, straight away, he was just like, no, like, we didn't want you there. And so coming to midseason, I was kind of like, all right, I got to get out of here. Like, I'm not playing any games. And then the coach kind of got sacked. And then new coach came in and was like, I want you to stay and kind of just stake my claim with been in the team ever since that's what's up just just wow. like that a new yeah. coach that's all it takes that's, that's it yeah, but literally that, that, coaches make careers coaches yeah. make careers dude well let's let's talk a little bit about uh the relegation battle because i was i was relegated from the bundesliga and it's the favorite time of year final three four weeks of the season everybody's watching you know the most of the title races are somewhat sorted out in europe but then you have these relegation battles and and they're fun to watch, but they're not fun to experience. I mean, what's the, <laughs> no, you know, yeah. they're, and, and, and we're obsessed with this in the U.S. of ProRail. Everybody wants to see that because it, you cut your teeth and you learn all these things, which you do. But talk about the stress of, of going through that week in and week out, sort of the, <laughs> the vibe that's in the locker room. You know, the, just, just the, the I, I mean, I got trauma from it still of just like going through, yeah. through, through that, like on the training pitch, oh, in the locker room, in the town. I mean, what, what's your experience? What was it like? Yeah, it. I mean, it, it's crazy. Like you're looking at other teams, you're like to lose games. You're like, like if you lose a game, like we had a game at three 30, which is usually the, like the first game or one 30 is usually the first game and we lost. 
And then like, we're looking for after our game, like for other teams to lose, like you're rooting for other teams to lose. It's just it's like youth it's soccer. Really, it's crazy. Like looking yeah, at the tournament board, you know, <laughs> bro, it's so crazy. Cause like, then you're looking like, okay, we got our next couple games. We're like, we had like, it went, what it go nice lil psg and we're like okay like we need to get points before these games and like we didn't we didn't get points before those <laughs> games we dropped points so we're like dude now we're like coming up against like our toughest stretch like okay we can we can hopefully get some points against lil like at home and we got lawns after psg that we need to get points from too because like i think they were chalking up nice and psg is kind of like a loss so it was just like searching for points and like in the locker room like our locker room vibe was kind of like good, but like in Breda before we were pointing fingers, like the fans were like out to like get us. Like they like hung up a sign. Like if you don't play with pride, we'll take your kneecaps. Like it's just one of those things where like the fans are dying for it, you know, and it it's a crazy situation to be in. But like now that like we're out of it, the stress is just like, like it's relieving. Like, cause at practice we get to like have a little more fun. Like we have one more game left and like, we know we're not getting relegated. So it's nice to play stress-free going into the last weekend. That's for sure. I mean, Charlie, yeah. that sounds like revolution fans with signs. With <laughs> yeah. caps. Like, can we ever yeah. win an MLS cup? We've lost four of these. Oh, things. Don't do that. To <laughs> oh. I had to, I had to put it in there. APB knows. No, that, that the win versus Leo was, was huge. The three, no one, but I'm looking yeah. at next, next season. Like you said, you're staying in, in a, in a, a place that you feel comfortable with. You know what you're getting from your coach, from your teammates. Um, it seems like the perfect place for you to continue to, to build. How do you, how do you look at next year? How do you keep your your club from from being in this similar position? Or do you already know, man, it's going to be a fight? Uh, we're going to finish around the 17, 16, 15, 14 range again. Or do you think you can add some quality to to kind of move up the table? Yeah, I think, I think we can add some quality. I definitely do. I think our team in general is a solid team. I think we've struggled. Like we've been pretty good defensively and like we can find a goal per game. We just, we need to be more uh, like when we get that goal, like still be on the offensive. I think we kind of like sit back and take a lot, you know, against Lons, we were up one nil. And once they got that, like, once we got that goal, we kind of like, we didn't threaten them again. So uh, to not have that pressure on them, not to put the pressure on them. I think that's something that we, we could definitely get better at as a team and, hopefully move up the table because next season um, in Ligon, there are four teams just get straight relegated because they're moving to 18 teams the next season. So mm-hmm. we don't want to be in the same spot that we're in because we will be in that relegation battle again. So we have to do something to make our team better, to be better as individuals, to help our team push those top 10 spots. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, Eric, I've got a question about your parent club. Manchester City. I mean, at some point, you know, you're in the system. Then they go out and sign Ruben Diaz. You know, John Stones fights his way back into yeah. it. Laporte starting to play more. What kind of conversations do you have with them? We've seen it with Matt Miazga and Chelsea. And I mean, you guys aren't isolated. This happens to a lot of players. Yeah. But but do you feel like you're part of their plans? Or do you just feel like you're part of the family? They're going to help you out the best that they can. I'm also yeah. friends with Julian Lescott. That's my flex of the day. Yeah. And uh, I know he's got a very pivotal role in making sure, I think he's still got the same job, right? Where he's helping out all the players out on loan to make sure that the best nah. versions of himself. Did he leave? Yeah, he recently, he's uh, with the under 21s England now. 
Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy's not that close. Well, clearly not. Not as close as I am. Hey, you guys need to I got to check in, man. I got to check in. I got to get that mini flex. But, but, but with regard to that relationship with your parent club, I'm actually very curious. As you get now, you're 25. I mean, at what point were they, are there's like an age, Hey, we're going to bring you back in, in two years or, or whatever it is. I'm, 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 I'm sure all our yeah. listeners are curious as well. No. Yeah. For me, it felt like just part of the family in all honesty. I think when I got there, I didn't have a work visa to play in England. Like the only way to get a work visa was at the time before Brexit happened was you have to play 75% of your full men's national team game for that like calendar year. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because at that time I just, when I signed with city, I was just coming up from the U twenties and they were just, I think banking on that to get either that exceptional young talent rule or um, the 75% of the full men's team national games. And when that didn't happen and then Brexit happened, things were like just moving about. Mm -hmm. So I, I, and then they signed, like you said, Ruben Diaz, John Stones came back. I think it was more kind of like, all right, we're going to help you in any way we can. And so that's just kind of how it's been relationship wise. They've always been good with like the communication. They're always checking in on you that, you know, they have a sports psychologist, they have a nutritionist, they have all these guys checking in on you. You're always in uh, a text message conversation and they're really good people. But as for the fact of like being brought in, I, I didn't see like a clear pathway, honestly. Did you, so, so, did you train with, with that group? Did you ever train? No, nah, it was yeah. usually just the the lone guys. We would get in and then like if they needed a lone guy or two, like for training or something like that. But it was usually like we would have like a pretty big group of lone guys and we'd be doing like fitness or training and either Julian or one of the like under 23s coaches would run the training. Can, can we get Pep Guardiola's phone number from you? Can we like text him? Like how does nah, that? I, I only <laughs> met him <laughs> once. I, only, I, I met him once. We only spoke about golf and that was it. That was it. Interesting. That's a, yeah, that's a interesting uh, topic of, of conversation. Hey, we, we got a couple uh, of uh, fan questions from people that are watching this show right now. One of them's from Greg Neal, who says, what do your teammates think of the U.S.'s chances uh, in the World Cup, your, your French teammates? Yeah, well, so when they saw the draw, I think they were like, "Wow, U.S. has an easy, easy, like uh, easy see? draw." You they see? everything. You see, no respect, for England. no respect for England, and I love it. They, yeah, they were like, they have an easy draw. So I think most of the guys thought like they have a better draw because we have a Canadian in our locker room as well, and they they saw his draw and they were like, "Ooh, that's tough." So I, I don't know. Like with the French guys, like I have a teammate um that used to be on the french national team and he like he said something to me like when i started playing games and i was doing well he's like he said something that kind of like it just ticked me off it really it was he said like you're doing good and i was like what do you mean he's like really good like you're impressing like the french fans the french people like they don't think americans can play soccer like football. <laughs> and i was just like it's, it just it was just crazy to me that, that they still have that perception you know like that Americans can't play. I'm like, we got Americans all over Europe showing up. And it just, it, it was, it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, whatever. Like, I just got to keep grinding here in France. Like, it's going to be a grind. So I think that was pretty early on. It was like three or four games in for me. So I kind of understood it. But like, at the same time, it was just like, Man, this you're always gonna have to prove yourself as an American. Yeah, yeah you're pretty good. Always. Pretty good for an American. All yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's how it feels. Chuck, you got a uh, you got any more fun questions for Eric Palmer Brown? I do. We set him free. U.S. Women's National Team. You come in as a substitute and as Tekka. W was that 
what, what was that experience to you? What was that? Did you, did you feel like it was, cause I, I, in talking to a lot of players, they were like, man, everyone thought this was going to be crazy, but it was, it was a lot low, uh, less low key than, than I thought it would be. Yeah, it was, it was, well, I think it was different just because like, obviously the stadium wasn't at full capacity. Um, so it wasn't as like when you walk in there and you see it, like it sits like it's huge. It's massive. It's like 110,000. You're like, I was like huffing because like the altitude, man, I was, that altitude is crazy. When <laughs> yeah, we were walking no through the hallways, it is no joke. And then Greg asked me the, the day before, he was like, have you ever played right back before? And I was like, no. And then to go out there and play right back, I was like, oh man, you, cause you know, those right backs, those outside backs, they just get up and down. I was like, oh man. And that, I can't believe you're honest by the way. And I would have just <laughs> yeah. been like, yeah. yeah. Have you ever played yeah, before? Yes. Yeah, I started last week. I, I was, I was I right said, back last week. I, said, yeah. I straight up said, no, I've never played. But I, 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 and then he said, he was like, well, we think your qualities could, could be good there. And so I was just like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And I didn't think even then I was like, oh, like at the time, Reggie was just sick, you know, so I didn't think I was like, oh, okay, he's just asking to like be cautious. But it was still like that, you know, playing against Mexico is like the the best thing. Like you just want to beat Mexico at all costs. So like being in the Azteca, being there and a crucial qualifying game and to be in that moment was just surreal. Now, Eric, you you also played some defensive mid. And I know that you have the capabilities of playing that position have you had any chances of playing that in, in any of the clubs you've gone on loan with or, or because I think that's a hidden versatility for you that maybe a lot of fans don't know that you can go yeah, and he, hold your own at the defensive missing point. He gave it up. He sent yeah. her back. <laughs> Man. Um, when you play as a def- so the only time I played as a defensive mid was in the U 20 qualifying. And when you have Tyler Adams playing at 10, running in front of you and Eric Williamson in front, man, it was just, it made it so easy. Tyler just would just run around. He'd do all the running for me. I was pretty much like, like back in the days, you call him stopper sweeper. I was like a stopper. Like I didn't have to <laughs> yeah, do yeah. much. So like yeah. Tyler and men made me look good. Like I do think I can play there and it is a fun position, but I think my main position is center back for sure. Yeah, and I think it's that's a, a good marketing good tool, though. It's a good it marketing is. tool because yeah, it means you're it not is. Gonna like you can play, right? You like, play. yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what you, yeah, sell it off as that. I can play, yeah. That's working working for James Sands. You know, he's got a little. Uh, I guess he's yeah. got some experience at defensive mid, but uh, you know, he's uh, played some center back as well. All right, last question before we let you go, and Eric, we really appreciate your time and really excited for everything you've accomplished this particular season with Twa in particular. Excited for these upcoming games. In June, we fully expect you to be on the roster, which should be announced here very, very soon. Now, this is also not from us. We do it as a show, but from Joel Jimenez. Hopefully I said that correct. Best jersey swap. Who Who is your best jersey swap throughout your career? I'm not a huge jersey swapper. Uh, I would say my best one was with the French national team back when we did it in 2018 was Samuel Umtiti. Mm. But like mm. for me, it's nice. just always... Like I try to get my my boys, so like my American guys. If I get to play against them, like this year, I got Tim Wes, I got Giacchini's when we played against them. So those are those are the jerseys I go for. Like my friends, my teammates that uh, I've been on teams with, 
before because I think those mean more to me. Hey, you're going to regret that. You're yeah, gonna regret I was going to say, you, know? <laughs> you, you're gonna, you better hey, start collecting no, next hey, year. Some, someday it'll all be done. <laughs> you won't even be talking to those guys anymore. You'll be yeah, like, yeah, why, yeah. Did, why did I do this? You know, I could have I got that Mbappe. Wait, I, I'll I tell feel you, like... you're going to have a future family, okay. your kids. You, they won't believe wanna, it. Next year. <laughs> I got a Kun Aguero here and I got a Sasha question in a box. Which one do you think is up on Why you gotta do that to Sasha? Hey, bro. I love Sasha. I love Sasha. I just saw him. But Kun Aguero's going on the wall. Sasha's in the box. Uh, you know? oh. All right. That makes absolutely <laughs> crushing is- Sasha. Kleshen just took a stray, by the way. Hey, no, he scored a he scored a penalty yesterday. I, I love the guy. He did. Like, he did. He did. He's not yeah, making no, it on the wall. Don't, don't try and make you know? it nice now. You, no, you just you trashed know. him. Well, oh like Charlie, God. you have one of your like your friends have signed your jerseys, right? Was it Josie or Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I don't know if you so want to get signed. Thing, that's like, kind of I get a signed get a by personal, your friend. Personal personal uh, message from your friend. That okay. All right. But like after the like PSG game and stuff, like all my teammates were like sprinting, you know, like to get the other team jerseys and stuff. <laughs> that, slide, you don't have to, you don't have to do that. Cash. Slide but your yeah. cash. They're this, changing this is, their own shirts at halftime. There's a big old pile. You can make up whatever story you want later on. You'll be like, yo, he came I, mean, up to me. I was like, I can't trade this. And he gave it to me. Yeah. Like, keep it. No, my recommendation for you, because I can see, like, you want it to mean something. You don't want it to be yeah. like the pull it out of the pile. Whoever you're playing against, who you're competing against, be like, hey, respect, like, after the and game, then, yeah. and then yeah, after yeah. the game, you swap. I was, was going to ask Mbappe, but I gave him a penalty, so I was like, "No, nah, I can't ask." Him <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I can't ask. Him uh, <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Well, Eric Palmer Brown, everybody, thank you so much for coming on, big man. Great to see your face. Best of luck in June, and obviously in the upcoming season for both club and country. We're really excited to have you on the show. Hopefully, we'll have you back on very, very soon. Eric Palmer Brown, give him some love. Thanks, Thanks Eric. You, Appreciate thank you. you. All right, everybody, we're going to take our first and only break of the show. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what we heard from Eric, of course, give some insights on what we thought based on his answers and get into the Malik Tillman situation as he pledges his allegiance to the U.S. men's national team after leaving the German national team. That is big news. Don't go anywhere. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
Welcome back to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Hollywood Heath Pierce and Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies. We just had Eric Palmer Brown on the show. Every week, we're always delivering a special, special guest. Make sure you hit like and subscribe if you're watching on the YouTubes. Hit the subscribe button on any of your podcast platforms of choice and leave us a five star review if you're up for it. It'd be really nice. We'd really appreciate it. Helps us move up the algorithm or all that good stuff so we can continue to build out this amazing community leading up to and during the 2022. World Cup and beyond. Obviously, we're hosting 2026. That's going to be a big World Cup as well. Charlie, I'm going to come to you first. Actually, I'm just kidding. Let's go to the defender first. Hollywood Heath Pierce. We just talked to a defender, Eric Palmer Brown. What were your takeaways from that interview? I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, he's great. I mean, the fact that he's kept such a positive attitude, and you could hear the things he's had to go through. It seems... Look, we're all in a very privileged position to have the jobs that we have uh, when we're playing. But when you're going through it, you don't always see it as that, right? He's getting loaned out club to club, moving apartments, moving his stuff, kind of unsettling. And that's a lot to go through in terms of the mental stress, you know, feeling like time is passing you by. Your career is a, a precious amount of time. But for him to have the attitude that he has and then find the form that he's found now, uh, and now find himself literally in a perfect position to be able to potentially go to a World Cup is, is an unbelievable thing, and his attitude has, has been fantastic. Uh, I loved his comment, Charlie, about not being honest with Greg and saying he never played right back. And, and I had heard <laughs> yeah. that he... Well, I would have lied through my teeth. I, oh, man, of course. Uh, yeah, you got to do whatever you got to do to get on the field. But that was, uh, that was fantastic. And I, I, he was so candid. And, and sometimes when you're a player like him, where you're on the cusp, right, of maybe making the team. You're not a lock. I wouldn't say he's a lock at the moment, but he's close, especially with Miles going down. I loved his transparency. I thought it was awesome. I would say he, he's he's a lock right now, as long as he continues to play next year. Of course. Year. I agree. I agree. He's a lock. Just with the depth piece, because he can play right back, right? So it, it did end up benefiting him that Greg put him out at right back in a hostile environment against the Mexican national team on the road. He succeeded. He did a he did a fantastic job. I thought coming in as a substitute. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. now picture in the World Cup, knowing that you can depend on a player like him to come in and, and defend. Which in some cases they're going to need. They, they might need that. So I, I like I like the head on his shoulders. I think he thinks in, in the right way, um, and, and that's what you want from a player who who realizes the positions he's in. I also thought it was interesting how Man City just loans out all these players and then brings them back and says, all right, guys, you're going to train by yourselves though. This is the lone army. (laughs) (laughs) My lone army. What is happening? What are you going to do? Scrimmage, scrimmage the first team, you know, the loans versus the, (laughs) that that would be crazy. Actually. I wouldn't mind seeing lone FC versus the man city's first 11, because just the energy of wanting to prove yourself would be probably pretty special. Yeah. That whole process was really fascinating to me. I don't think I've ever heard an answer from a player about what happens with the parent club when you can kind of tell you're not a part of their future in a meaningful way. And and uh, that was great insight. I, I really appreciated that. Anything else, Heath Pierce, that you – because I now that I think through what you guys are saying, I'm like, oh, yeah, he did say that. I like that part. And, and I mean, what's cool when you have these guys on, obviously we get to know them a little bit better. But now I feel like I'm pulling for Eric Palmer Brown, and I feel like everybody else in the audience probably a little bit the same. Like, oh, we got we got some insight from him. We know what makes him tick. And I think – now I, I really want to see him do well and do well for the U.S., of course. Nah, I, I, he's got to pay for my loyalty. You know what I mean? I, I, take, I take checks, you know? Otherwise, otherwise, you do. otherwise he's got to go. He's got to go in that pool of players and prove himself. No, I'm, I am pulling for him just because he's had a, a, 
a career that's probably more re- relatable to me than than most of the guys now in terms of his pathway. Obviously, I didn't start in MLS, but I started in a small club in Denmark and kind of went kind of constantly felt like I was having to prove myself to prove myself, but also prove myself for for Americans in a lot of ways. And so there's a lot of relatability to what he's going through and then being at a club that's fighting relegation, those types of things. So I'm certainly pulling for him, knowing just how difficult it is uh, to, to constantly prove yourself in an environment that's unstable. Yeah, it's it's I think all these experiences really lent him to get thicker skin. And I think that's going to be incredibly valuable, especially when we're dealing with adversity in his life, but also on the fields. Right. And I think we can lean on him in a way that maybe three or four years ago when he was still younger, trying to figure it out, who he was, what he was about. And really, that coaching change, Charlie ultimately proved to be the biggest thing. That was another big takeaway, too, that coaches make careers. I don't know if I've if I've ever said it that distinctly before, because there's yeah. some element of success that you want to take. Like, no, man, I did it myself. But I mean, you know, that's true, though. You know, well, that's true. Also, that is true. Of course, you got to get the, like John, Johnny Bornstein. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew Johnny you were going to say that. He, he, he knows that Johnny Bornstein would have a career without yeah. Paul Bradley, but keep going. Yeah, so it, it worked, I guess, <laughs> in, in, in another way, because he also got his career killed. So, true. you know, coaches do have a, a ton of power in terms of with with it, at least within one club and you're hoping that's not over a, a two, three, four year span where you're locked in and you can't go anywhere. So I think for Eric Palmer Brown, just getting that consistency and feeling like knowing that you don't have to travel the next year, you don't have to look for another club. It's almost like if you're a Man City player and you're a lone player, you, you got your backpack and it's like, all right, where where am I traveling to this year? And where am I and you're constantly worrying about what's next. This well, this year he's Charlie, like, how long man. was your show so de- your uh so show deal? A five year deal. Whoa, man. Wow. Jimmy, what yeah. was your longest? I mean, MLS is harder because you know, you know that there's trades and you know that like there's option deals and whatever, but I I personally didn't ever never wanted to have more than a one year deal. I liked kind of living on the edge a bit, and maybe that wasn't as smart <laughs> because of injury. Bet on yourself, though. You bet on yourself. I bet on myself. He's living on I, the edge. Give me, hey, did, give me six months. Let's talk about it this summer. You know what I mean? Roger Pedactor. You're Roger Pedactor. <laughs> I am. I am. I am from, uh, from uh, East Ventura. For everybody that doesn't know, that's that's uh, Charlie's nickname for me, and has been for many, many years. All right, let's pivot now to Malik Tillman, who plays for Bayern Munich. He got four appearances, one start for Bayern this season. Julian Nagelsmann, the manager of Bayern. Uh, praised him this past December, saying he's a top-quality young striker. He was supposed to go in with the U21 German national team to their Euros, U21 Euros. He declined that, and now he's making a one-time switch to play for the U.S. Apparently, he's going to get called into these games in June, and even though he can play in midfield, he can play out wide as a winger. I think we're really looking at him as the number nine. So I'm going to throw it back to our number nine here, resident number nine, Charlie Davies, how big is this for the U.S., Charlie? Because anytime I feel like a well-regarded player is committing to mm-hmm. your national team, it's pretty significant. And I feel like because of his experience, because of the club that he plays at, and with Robert Lewandowski maybe on the move outside of Bayern, it could mean more minutes, even though it looks like he probably will go on loan potentially next season. This is a pretty big deal to, to if anything, not only bring in another player of quality, but it's also going to put every all the other number nines on notice you guys better get your shit together because we got some other talent that we can lean on. It's it's great that they were able to get a, a, a talented player that's with the Germany U21s. This isn't a Germany full national team player. And I, I will remind everyone that Julian Green was herald, heralded as the, the next mm-hmm. biggest thing 
across the globe at, at that point when he was with Bayern Munich as, as a young player. And hey, he did score in his first touch in a World Cup. Great, but what did he do since? You know, <laughs> you know it, it, it's not, not the player that everyone was hoping he would become. So that would be my caution with this before saying, hey, this is the player that's going to be the, the answer and the number nine. There's, he's young. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know where 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 he's gonna how he's gonna fit in with this team and if he takes this opportunity. But he's a, he's a talented player with a lot of potential. So it, it's awesome to get another player in there that could potentially be the answer, be the solution. Okay, now he's hey, actually nineteen, Heath, and he turns twenty on May twenty eighth. So that's coming up. I just wanted to say, give some a little bit more context. You could ask me this question, but he he joined Bayern's academy in two thousand fifteen, and he has progressed through their youth system. And uh, ended up signing his first professional contract ahead of this last season. I mean, they're clearly Bayern's not doing that if he sucks. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like he's a good I mean, player. That didn't happen for Julian Green, by the way. So, so there's something about Malik Tillman that I think he's got something that is keeping Bayern interested and, and wanting to support him. And and obviously they can see some potential there. Yeah, weirdly, you know, when you watch him score goals at for for Bayern's second team and stuff, you're like, okay, he's got he's got quality and. And he's what I think he had two Champions League appearances and three Bundesliga appearances this year. Only one start. You go, okay, he's 19 years old. The game is getting younger. You start to worry a little bit of like, what's the hype around this kid? The one validator that I will give, though, because I'm like, I'm not the expert on on what his potential is, uh, but the people that have been in and around him are. And the U21 coach Antonio Di Salvo said we promoted him as a young player. Well, he starts with saying we regret Malik's decision. It surprised us a lot. And I think that's a real validator. We promoted him as a young player in the U21s. We placed a lot of trust in him and gave him match practice. In addition, we were in intensive talks regarding his prospects in the senior national team. I mean, it is really easy for you to what we've talked about with dual nationals before. Just be like, oh, obviously, best chance is the U.S. national team. But when you have somebody coming out and making a statement about that, the quality of a player, knowing they put in a lot of time and effort, I think that's a validator to me in terms of the potential that Germany actually sees in this 19-year-old kid. And I think that's what I'm hanging my hat on more than anything because he doesn't really have first-team stats to show for it. He doesn't really have anything other than the fact that if Germany is sad to see him go, that's got to mean something because Germany produces a ton of talent. And and, and Julian Julian Green did get signed by Bayern. When, when in that 2014 he season, did. he did. So, I mean, it's one of those things where if you're at Manchester City or you're at Bayern Munich or you're at Barcelona, you can come through the, the academy, you can make the first team, but ultimately they're always going to be spending money to bring in the biggest stars. And maybe there's already a big star in that position. So it kind of hand, handcuffs you with, with your playing time and you got to get loaned out and build yourself up. So I, I like, I like that he's coming in and, and I think. This, again, goes to Greg Berhalter, Ernie Stewart, Brian McBride, getting these uh, dual nationals to convert and give the U.S. men's national team a chance. I mean, the World Cup in 2026 is obviously the the shining star that I think is is so attractive for so many players to come in and, and be a part of this group that is so young and promising. You know what I find interesting is that he's also got a brother, Timothy Tillman, who plays for Goethe Firth, who played in 29 games. Even though they're the bottom of the Bundesliga, he got a lot of experience, maybe more experience than any other American in the Bundesliga this season, most probably because Gio Reyna got hurt. But he's an attacking midfielder. He's only 23. And I wonder, 
if Malik comes, if Timothy's coming as well, because he's only package representing deal. the package deal, the German national team, youth German Hey, that's what Kaká did when he went to AC Milan is he brought Degal with him and said, hey, package deal. You're taking my brother with me. And then he signed a five-year contract and went on loan for five years. So don't you guys laugh, but that, it does happen. I wonder. I wonder. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it's just going to strengthen our player pool and, and uh, make it even more competitive. So I'm kind of curious if there'll be another domino that falls on the Timmel. Tim oh, you guys talk high in him. You know, Julian Green was also a great effort this year. Yeah, he was. He was. Didn't play as much as, as, as Tim. And I think Tim had some, some pretty good performances. Yeah, I agree. Now, I, I want to go and just state this, that we have a tendency in this country to overhype our young players. And so Eric I Palmer Brown there's... signed at 16 was considered the top defender in the country uh, at 16. Not saying he wasn't. I mean, a lot of that is coach and, and environment and those types of things. But we have yeah, Jimmy break but down for us. Break Juventus came in for a million dollars for him. He was pretty much unknown outside of, I mean, some scouts got in there and said, this Eric Palmer Brown kid can play. Let's get him before he gets too expensive. But he and wasn't City playing. Didn't. This is the thing. He wasn't playing with Sporting Kansas City. He, he I, did not play. How, how can you turn down a million-dollar offer for a kid you are not playing? Tell that, us, that, Jimmy. That why did you do that? Well, me? I wasn't even. I was, <laughs> Jimmy he said. In, he came in after I left. <laughs> Listen, uh, I, I had heard about Eric Palmer Brown uh, <laughs> during my time that there's a special <laughs> kid in the, in the academy system that you got to keep an eye on. But... Uh, by the time he came of age, I was already done playing and shipped out to uh, Chivas USA. Rest in peace. But uh, <laughs> what I think is interesting is why wouldn't you play this this kid? You know, I, I, I Peter Vermes was the coach, still the coach now. I, I don't understand. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of backstory. I'd love to get Peter's perspective at some point. Maybe he wasn't ready. Maybe they didn't want to showcase him. But you had a million dollars from Juventus. It isn't just some unknown club. Juventus is coming in and, and trying to handpick one of your best players in your academy, and then you don't actually give him a chance to play. And then they let him go for free to Manchester City. Yeah. And it kind of bumps me out. I mean, I get that the, the appeal to go to Man City was probably big. I bet you the money there was, was pretty strong. You don't want to turn that down, especially when you're free. I just feel for Eric a little bit because you, you want to play for the club that, that wanted you initially. And I feel like maybe Juve would have given him a different type of chance. We didn't really get into the Porto thing, but he went on loan to Porto for like nine months, you know, mm -hmm. for, and, and Porto's a good club. That, He's got Porto B for, for most of that. That's true, but it's yeah. still a club that's, that's they know who they are. They're yeah. a stepping stone to the, the bigger teams in Europe. And, and uh, yeah, obviously I could have talked to him for another 30 minutes, but I didn't want to monopolize mm -hmm. his time. By the but, way, but, Jimmy, go ahead. On the, I don't want to change the subject on that, but there was one thing that I, that I really actually enjoyed that he uh, Eric had said, um, and that was about the fact of like this journey that he's on of like life, like enjoying traveling, learning. I don't think I, you know, I, I can speak multiple languages now, but I don't think I stopped and enjoyed it the way that he seemingly is in terms of understanding this moment in time. The three of us have probably been to hundred plus countries combined, maybe obviously overlap in those. But I don't ever remember stopping to enjoy and really embrace like, wow, I'm here. I'm enjoying it. Everything was like just laser focused on a moment and a time. And then you're in, you're out. And I don't know. I think there's there's and maybe that's what he needs to be able to do to, 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 to be at his best on the field. But I, I thought that was something that just came to mind that that was pretty cool. It speaks I, to I, his I, maturity, I, I, though, right, Charlie? I, I mean, it speaks yeah. to his maturity. A hundred percent. I think in the beginning part of my career. Same, same, same as Heath, just laser focused, didn't really travel, didn't really care. You're fo so focused on the season playing. And then after my accident and you come back, I go back to Europe and then it was, oh, I'm taking every opportunity to go and, and enjoy Europe for what it is, the food, the culture, the language. And I really, I felt like I sucked everything I could out of every moment. And when I, when I came back, states out, I'm like, I, I, 
I did as much as I could, and I'm happy mm-hmm. with that. So I, I would say for most players playing in Europe, take the time to take tr- some trips and travel to really, you know, like, if you're in Europe, like, enjoy it and make the most of it and take in all those experiences because you can't get them back. Yeah, there's a lot of comments in the chat right now it's saying, can we, can we get a VAR check on the multiple languages? Flex by Heath. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do we want, guys? Tell me what you want, and I'll tell you, you know, uh, I'll say it in, in, in any language you Give want. Give me the Danish. A Danish I don't have. I'll give you I'll give you German. I'll give you German, Spanish, and Portuguese. But I will give you some <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. I'll give you some 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 Danish if you want Danish. You gotta send me what you want. Uh is I think I love you. All right. So for everybody that loves the show as much as us three do, we have a big one coming up tomorrow. We're going to talk about the new collective bargaining agreement that was agreed upon with U.S. soccer and U.S. women's national team, U.S. men's national team. We have a couple special guests coming on. Former U.S. women's national team player Lori Lindsay, who also does U.S. women's national team hour with Lisa Roman and Sandra Herrera for the attacking third. She also does a lot of CBS stuff and Paramount Plus stuff around the NWSL. And we're going to have Professor Stephen Bank come on. He's a UCLA law professor. He follows this stuff very intimately. He's going to have some great insight for us. So come back and join us for that tomorrow. That's 10 a.m. Pacific. 1 p.m. Eastern if you want to catch it live. If you don't want to catch it live, you can catch it on any podcast platform of your choice. All right, boys, we are done for today's podcast. Charlie, I'm coming to you first, though. Any final thoughts from today's show or looking ahead? I mean, obviously, the roster drops coming up soon, too. Charlie's... You can't. can't. Heath, go ahead. Final thoughts. Uh, yeah, I just think that when you said law, speak in I, think about, I, I think about I think about Conrad Davies and Pierce as a pretty good law, law firm. You know? <laughs> it is. It we is. could have a good 1-800 number. Uh, we should do like, it. Like Better Call Saul type stuff. <laughs> yeah. Have, yeah. You, have you been injured on the job? <laughs> oh, have, God, you gone, have you gone out on loan five times? <laughs> oh, Conrad Davies and Pierce. You may be entitled to additional compensation. <laughs> Yes. Have you been flexed on by a friend that speaks multiple languages? <laughs> Call Conrad Davies uh, and Pierce. Have you had a, a jersey swap that didn't go your way? Call Conrad <laughs> Davies. And Do you need to translate Danish? Call <laughs> Conrad Davies Call and Google. Pierce. Uh. <laughs> All right, Heath. I'll come to you. Final thoughts. No, I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm having You're a good time out. with this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's all tapped out. Chuck, how about you? I'm, I'm tapped out. No, tapped I, I, would, out well. I would say uh, just Eric Palmer Brown is is a stud. Um, I think we haven't even come close to seeing the best of, of what he can offer this U.S. Men's National Team. And another year of consistent playing in, uh, in playing time in Liga is only going to vault him up, whether it's the next – that'll probably set him up for the next move and maybe it's staying in France and, and just moving to a, a, a bigger club or, you know, going to a, a top club in a lower league where, where he's going to be playing, you know, European football. So for me, I think he's just a, he's just a good kid, a one that you want to root for. And uh, I think he, he's well on his way. 
And I'm excited to see how he performs in, in these couple of games in June and, and in the Nations League. It's going to be a big month, not only for Eric Palmer Brown, but for a lot of our players moving forward. All right, everybody, that is the end of our show. So on behalf of Eric Palmer Brown, our special guests, our tremendous community, we love you guys. Producer Dez, Charlie Davies, Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Conrad saying thank you for listening and watching in Soccer We Trust. We'll see you tomorrow for a big collective bargaining agreement podcast and any other news around U.S. soccer. See you then. Later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.